Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Aminatu So. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, abuses of power perpetrated by prominent women in the Me Too movement, professors, even professors beloved by feminist theorists, uh, men who are staging their comebacks after a period of exile post-Me Too, and yeah, even abuses of power by the quote-unquote cool pope. Team CYG is working on a pretty exciting new project, and we need your help. We want your stories about how you met your bestie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Did you post an ad on Craigslist? Did you find each other on an airplane in the hospital? Were you arch enemies in middle school? Did you break up and get back together? We want to hear all about it. Leave us a message with the story of your bestie meet cute at 714-681-CYGF. Even better, call us with your bestie and tell us your story together. Again, that number is 714-681-CYGF. Please tell us your name and where you are and if it's okay for us to use this audio. We cannot wait to hear from you. A podcast for hungover besties everywhere. On the same couch everywhere. (laughs) Woo, child. What happens when you have a Sunday that like is playing like it's a Saturday? Right. Um, we're recording on Labor Day. Ugh. And out here, out here in def- like in flouting all of our beliefs about celebrating labor by I not know. It if we can help it. Shout out to all the people who work hard out there. Shout out to everyone else who worked on Labor Day too. Shout out to unions. That what if the whole episode is us just shouting things just out shouting. because we we have no capacity for anything else. Shout out to the beach. Um, Shout out to considering putting on pants with a zipper and then declining to do that immediately. I know. My favorite part of the day is when you were like, "I'm too moisturized to put on pants." <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What are we talking about today? I mean, today we're talking about power. Okay. And the people who abuse it. Or some of the many people who abuse it. Let's put it that way. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And what happens when people who abuse power have also done some things you admire or created work that you like or profess feminist beliefs or seem like, I'm air quoting here, not that bad? Like, what happens when those people abuse their power? <sighs> well, this is also great because it is a check-in into like a lot of stories that we haven't talked about in the news, but that um, privately we've been fuming about oh my for God. forever. The so text thread has been blowing up. <sighs> the episodes have not reflected this yet. Right. So. Okay. Let's start in the ivory tower. Oh, okay. At um, NYU. And then we'll just descend the hill from there. We'll descend the yeah. hill from there. Okay. <laughs> um, What's going on at NYU? You know... On this podcast, we have said that academia is just a pyramid scheme. So Ivory pyramid is really Yeah, the ivory mean. pyramid. <laughs> it's just like, you know, people love academic intellectuals. Everybody should re-examine those beliefs. So at NYU, there is kind of like a bonkers story happening, like unfolding right now about um, this woman, Avital Ronell, who is, uh, you know, like she's this like deconstructionist professor. Uh, NYU theory superstar yes she is like 1000% like super prof 
people like come to NYU to like study under her. So she like teaches German and comparative lit and she has basically been accused by a graduate student who came to NYU to like be an advisee under her about um, uh, sexually harassing and assaulting him. And NYU's like done this like 11 month like Title IX investigation and they have like concluded that she is guilty of at least sexual harassment. And I believe they punished her with like a one year suspension, no pay. This story is actually fascinating on many levels. One, there was an investigation, and the investigation found that, like, she did many bad things. And it was a Title IX investigation, to be clear, which is how a lot of the, a lot of campus sexual assault and harassment cases, that's, that's sort of like the framework under which the university decides it has an interest in protecting its students from that behavior, because everybody has a right to learn without being harassed and abused. Like, just establishing a little baseline here of, like, what this investigation is about. And so, like, many things have happened in the response to this, which should, you know, should come as no surprise. (laughs) Abuse of power comes comes as as no surprise. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have seen, have heard this on Tumblr before. But this story is, is, like, really upsetting to me because it is happening in this moment where we are talking about abuse in every single scenario. And people are being really obtuse about the fact that like women can be abusive as well. And women can be abusive to men. Like there was, you know, there were like people who were like gleefully looking back at me like, look, it's like this invalidates feminism and it invalidates me too. And X, Y, Z. And it's like, actually, uh, we were pretty clear that like people in powerful position can abuse their power. So like, let's go through the backlash of the story. Right. So one, people are mad at the graduate student who is a man you know, because he put forward this, like, Title IX investigation. People feel that he is using a mechanism that is often reserved to, like, women in, in, in universities. Right, to preserve gender equality. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. which to me is, I was like, this is so dumb. I can't even go here. The other thing about it is that, so you can read, like, the 50, I think it's, like, 56 pages, the claim, like, the abuse claim. At a minimum, it is all disgusting. There, it's like pretty cut and dry in how this professor is like abusive to her student, no matter who the student is. And to be clear, this is like, even if you only look at the things that there are actual receipts for, like not even not even on a level of like, you know, which party you take at their word, which like, mm-hmm. you know, which... Like what is an innuendo? Yes. If, even if you just like literally read the like texts of emails and text messages and hear basic facts like for example that like she showed up on his doorstep and was like can I stay with you during this like extreme weather event and then he says that he like she went on to grope him and assault him and like you know basically remain unwelcome in his home for days and days thereafter even if you like you're like well you know if you're one of these people who like doesn't actually believe in abusive power or is like not interested in taking people at their word when they come forward about this even then you can be like, huh, maybe it's not a good idea for a uh, graduate faculty advisor to sleep in the bed of one of her advisees. Like, you know, right. like, there's no scenario in which that's okay. <laughs> there's no, there's no scenario in which that is not like a completely obtuse, like lack of understanding of what power is and what power dynamics right. are. Who gets to ask that and who gets to receive that? Yes. So anyway, like you can go through and read the claim. 
the receipts are abhorrent. That's what I'm like, saying. They're just, it's not okay. And obviously, like, the professor denies all of it. And she is very upset because, you know, she, like, it is, uh, her reputation is on the line. It's like, you should have thought about that before you showed up at your you graduate students. Before you, yeah, texted your student calling him cuddly baby. Right. Or, like, I, you know, like, saying things like, I love you too does not cut it, darling. It was like, well, like, you should have thought about all of that before you were put on the summer jam screen. Mm-hmm. But the part of this scandal that has infuriated me the most, if I'm honest, like, I feel deeply for this man because all of the ways that his story is being picked apart are the exact same ways that, like, women who accuse men of of being, you know, of being abusive get picked apart. And the fact that, like, this feminist professor can, like, be manipulative about the way that she's deploying her anger towards him is, like, shocking. But the thing that makes me the most upset is... (laughs) The fact that, like, all of these academics came out in support of her and have since now have had to, like, walk back their stories. It's like them. Some of them. The Mm -hmm. minute that the New York Times wrote that, like, superstar professor accused of harassment. And the story is actually great because it goes into detail with everything. Like, that story alone is damning Mm -hmm. where I was like... You know, if I read a story that was like uh, superstar podcaster and Friedman, wow, <laughs> and like listen, careful, careful how this is taken out I of know, context. But it's the kind of thing where, like, I understand, I truly understand, like, what it is to be close to somebody who is accused of something or who is like in this precarious position. But to these people, I was like, all you have to do is read the article. If you read the article. The few receipts that are there does not make it good for your friend. Well, it does not make it a tenable position for you to come out in like explicit support of this person, right? So it's like you have this letter written by academics and friends of hers who essentially just say, this woman is an incredible professor. D- like she has contributed so much to academia. Don't punish her. Also, this young man is lying, like that is the it was letter like truly also shocking. says, and I think that this is also noteworthy. The letter says, even though we've read zero parts of the complaint, precisely yes. zero aspects of the complaint, this is our assessment. So, like you know, the order of operations is that this letter was sent to you know the people making decisions at NYU about this professor's career and whether and how to punish her for this totally inappropriate behavior with an advisee. And they did not even wait to, like, look at the receipts, such as there were some receipts. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, like, that is, and also, so the list includes, I think that it, it, like, you know, it's not just that these are her colleagues. These are colleagues who have made their names as, in many cases, like, feminist theorists. Yeah. As people Judith who, Butler. Your fave, Judith check. Butler. Our, like, you know, like, your fave's fave, Judith Butler. Oof. Like, is one of these people who has been incredibly foundational to the modern understanding of gender. It includes Chris Krause, whose whose work I like a lot, who I interviewed for this very podcast, like who has been formative in terms of the way like women's relationships to power have been in the art world in particular have been written about. These are these are the names that are on this list. So like, yeah, it's not just like, oh, yeah, okay, this like male musician from the 70s who I love has done a bad thing. and, And, you know, and I have to square my love of this like outdated kind of like racist sexist music with things I know now it's not even that it's like people who have formed many of my beliefs and many of like the beliefs of other feminist thinkers who I love these kind of foundational people who have helped many of us understand gender and power are like signing this letter that is in the best possible framing 
a misunderstanding of gender and power. In the worst possible framing, I mean, not worst, the fake most news, accurate, fake news. The, the most accurate <laughs> yes. framing is just like, you know, completely propping up power when the person accused is a close pal. Um, I, it is, it is so disappointing. It's disappointing too for like, it's also very dishonest for people who are in academia. The whole way that an advisor advisee relationship works is that you are supposed to properly feed the ego of the person who advises you. This is literally how careers are made and broken, right? So it's like actually academia, if you don't want like this kind of abuse to happen, you need a system in which like one person is not subservient to somebody else for like their career. And it's, it's like classic abuse of power. There's nothing to, uh, to intellectualize here. It's like, no, no, like one person is responsible for making or breaking this other person's career. It 100% will inform how the person who is the advisee responds to the advisor. Like it's right. not, you know, so when they're deconstructing this man's story and they're like, how could this have gone on for so long? Yeah, because you're getting a PhD. That's what's going on yeah, for so long. It's a long, long process. Yeah, it's like, like yeah. why? Um, why didn't you like? Why didn't you tell somebody? Well, because this entire system tells me that this is the person who will make my career. You're confirming <laughs> right now with this letter the choice to not tell anyone. Right. Actually. It's like, mm, like this yeah. is what's going on here. It, we're in this like post Harvey Weinstein world, where everybody talks about Harvey as like the monster all of the time. It's like, well. Abuse doesn't happen without abusers. So he's not the only person in the ecosystem. And also truly with power, anybody can be a monster. That's the whole point of this. Okay. And it's not like a gender, you know, like I'm like, yes, like women can be bad. Like, I, like I'm like, I'm not shocked to hear that. Like power is the problem. Yeah. And, and I also, so that's like, you know, the perfect transition to talking about one of the other things that's been happening in parallel with this in the news, like less in the kind of academia corner and more in the Hollywood corner. Of, down the hill, we said. <laughs> down the hill. Sorry, not corners, down the hill. The water is flowing off the ivory pyramid and like through the Hollywood hills, shall we say. Ooh. Where Ozzy Argento, who is one of the people who came forward to say that she was raped by Harvey Weinstein. So it has also come to light like in the past month that she has paid a lot of money to a young man who says that she sexually assaulted him in a hotel room when he was 17 and she was 37. And this is another one of these where like you can read all in the public domain like text messages, there are images that you can see. You can see it. At best, the receipts are very bad. <laughs> I am not the person who makes a determination of... I don't know. Like, it's like, that's the job of the law to like figure out what the punishment is for these people. It's the job of the law to like give contours about how we talk about it. But if we're going to be really honest, the receipts that are there are very bad. Like, and it, it is like, it is incredibly bad. It is also like very hypocritical. Ooh, okay. How about a little break? Woo, child. Need a break. <laughs> Here's a break for some sponsors.
one of the things that is talked about a lot in this moment is how NDAs and uh, like settlements really keep the truth from coming out. So yes. to have somebody... Which is a whole part of why we did not hear about Harvey Weinstein like in this massive public way, mm -hmm. but only in a private whispered way for like Decades. Decades. Yeah. Because they're like, <laughs> there are legal reasons people do not speak. Sure. There's so, a system to support power and keep people who challenge power silent. 100%. Yes. So to have like a woman who is very public about like the very real harm that has happened to mm -hmm. her. Like, you know, like I don't want to minimize that in any way. Like her, the things that happened to her at the hands of Harvey Weinstein are awful. No doubt. But yes. to have no, her like absolutely. replicate that in its own, you know, to like, pay out a settlement to someone, not let them speak. There's not another way to say it, to be very dishonest in her own abuses of power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's dishonest and it's damaging, right? In the sense where she is somebody who was central to the Me Too movement. And I was like, you are not about to destroy like 20 years of Tarana Burke's work because you like cannot be an honest broker of the truth. Which is a great segue because I just want to actually read, Tarana Burke posted a series of tweets um, after this news came out that I think really just say it so beautifully. I'm going to read from the Me Too movement founder, Tarana Burke's tweets right now. It's a whole thread that we'll link to. She says, I've said repeatedly that the Me Too movement is for all of us, including these brave young men who are now coming forward. It will continue to be jarring when we hear the names of some of our faves connected to sexual violence unless we shift from talking about individuals and begin to talk about power. Mm. Sexual violence is about power and privilege. That doesn't change if the perpetrator is your favorite actress, activist, or professor of any gender. And we won't shift the culture unless we get serious about shifting these false narratives. My hope is that as more folks come forward, particularly men, that we prepare ourselves for some hard conversations about power and humanity and privilege and harm. She says, a shift can happen. This movement is making space for possibility, but it can only happen after we crack open the whole can of worms and get really comfortable with the uncomfortable reality that there is no one way to be a perpetrator and there is no model survivor. We are imperfectly human and we all have to be accountable for our individual behavior. I love that. I really like, I thought about this a lot as a lot of the, um, basically like as a lot of the coverage that is using this as an opportunity to skewer the Me Too movement as a whole. Mm -hmm. I know that each of us have had dozens of conversations with people who are like, has it gone too far now? Like, like, when, <laughs> like literally like every news mm -hmm. item that comes out. And I really like every time I see a headline that's basically like, you know, Me Too movement leader accused of assault. I'm like, it is true that Ozzy Argento is a prominent person associated with this movement. It is also true that, like, if anyone can be called a leader of this movement in, like, you know, in the sense of, like, has been doing this work on a movement level for a long time, that person is Tarana Burke. Like, when I, if I click that story and see Tarana Burke's name, maybe I feel differently. Yeah, <laughs> um, 100%. But truly, truly, anyway, so that is why I'm just, like, I, I want to continue to pull this back to her perspective on this, which is, you know, it is bigger than um, any one, uh, you know, perpetrator. It's bigger than any one, like, story about how this happens. I know. And, you know, like... To go back to my favorite hobby horse, read a fucking book <laughs> at mm. all times. I have been having a lot of conversations with like, especially younger women who are very jarred by like the conversation in media, you know, like 
the simplistic way that the media has been putting it is like feminists are just hypocrites women are bad also but like feminists will always hide their badness because Mm -hmm. like women are sweet and innocent or they invented that it was about gender like feminists made up that power and gender are linked exactly yeah and this makes me angry on so many levels too because i'm like if you're you know like barry weiss actually wrote a like a new york times op-ed about this that was all like oh women are bad people too did you know and i was like well barry weiss your least fave's least fave yeah but at the same (laughs) time i'm just like uh i'm like i don't know how to tell you this if you had literally taken one like women's studies was invented to literally show that women are kind of like men (laughs) it's that was the whole thing it's like women are full people too women can be murderers women can you know like that's the whole point of women's studies like if you want to be very like dumb about it so to have this moment where people just refuse to believe that any kind of abuse of power and harassment it can come from anywhere And your gender informs how you suffer all of these things. But power is what is at the root of abuse. It's like if people did not, if one person not have power over somebody, we would not be having these conversations over and over and over again. Or at minimum, it would not be allowed to flourish for the length of time. Like the, you know, some of these questions about like, why is this graduate student just now coming forward, right? Like the answer, the answer lies in power. Like who has the power here at every turn? I mean, look, the people who are disingenuous critics of Me Too, like, I don't care. I get it. Like, they're going to use this to kind of, like, discredit an overall movement that is about addressing power and, like, showing solidarity with survivors, right? Mm -hmm. Like, those people are, like, you know, whatever. But it's people who truly in a large body of their work and by their actions as well and like personal beliefs seem to actually care about dismantling and interrogating some of these systems Mm -hmm. when those people are like not coming to the conclusion that this is about power in a widespread way. This this conversation also reminded me of a lot of the kind of like early mid phase of Me Too when it was Mm -hmm. like when you know like anonymous lists are coming out and a lot of people were having to make real-time decisions about like what do I do about this person who I know on a personal level, who has always seemed great to me on a personal level? Um, Someone who is less powerful than that person is saying not so great things about them. Like, and, and I think that like part of what's so hard about this and part of why I love that Tarana Burke statement, it's because it requires interrogating your own relationship to power. Like usually when I I feel like something like this is invisible to me. It's because I have a lot of power. Like, you know, like power is a like is a real like insulator. <laughs> yeah. So, being able to sort of say like, "Huh, yeah, wow, this this list of professors who are all powerful in the same way as this accused professor don't seem to see it." Hmm. I wonder why that is. (laughs) Right. And also, like, they seem to be wanting to change the subject all the time, right? They're like, it's not about power. It's an attack on feminism and the letters and the arts. It's an attack on, it's singling out, like, a queer woman. It's singling out an original thinker. Like, there's just all of these ways that we... No queer people or original thinkers have ever been accused of assault ever. Like, I've never right. committed assault ever. Like, yeah. Right. And it's and it's actually, like, very, if, it's like, if they were, <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm like, if they were more honest about it, this is actually, like, very insulting to the very thing that they were, like, trying to build. It's like, why are you invalidating your own work? <laughs> why do you yeah. invalidate your own work? Why do you create, like, unsafe environments for people who want to do the kind of work that you do? 
I don't know. It sounds like very simplistic, but I've also been thinking so much about bullying and how like at the heart of a lot of these stories is there is always an undercurrent of bullying. And it's like, that's like always the red flag in everything. If somebody can bully someone in any setting at work, at home, like the minute that you start uncovering that, you are going to find uglier things than you than you thought you were looking for. I mean, and so you get know, Melania Trump on the horn. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like, are you shocked that like this professor who is a bully, like, turn, you know, I'm just yeah. like, no, like, connect the dots. Are you surprised that somebody like Asia Argento, who like basically bullied this young man into silence, also has like her own shit going on behind the scenes? It's like, no, like. Some of this stuff is like, it's just so out there and we refuse to talk about it and we refuse to see it, you know? And and I think that you're right. It's like, even if you look at the receipts of any of these and you're like, this person is innocent, but like, here is, here are like the things in the public domain that they have said or that they have done. It is not acceptable. On its own, it is not acceptable. Right. And it's just really gives me a little bit of hope um, as we power on to dismantling systems of mm. abuse. This is like what we're up against, right? It's not that we're you're up against like a Harvey Weinstein like type monster. It's like, no, no, like this shit is everywhere. It is everywhere. And everybody is trying to hold on to the minimum of power that they have instead of examining the ways in which it is damaging to every to everybody and to everything, including like movements that claim to be about empowering survivors oh yeah completely and like this is this is something i think a lot about especially like you know this week as like you see like louis ck returning to like start doing like stand-up sets again there is a good joke in there about how like he like just like parachuted into an audience who didn't know they were gonna see him i was like my man consent on every level i know not an understood yeah. Situation. <laughs> no, completely. And and I think that, you know, your your point is really well taken though, because um I did this like, you know, conversation with the writer Thomas Page McBee this weekend, and he was saying, you know, one of the most toxic ideas about masculinity is that there's good men and that there's bad men. And I would argue that it's not just masculinity, like the mm-hmm. idea that like when it comes to issues of gender and power, you're either good or you're bad. Mm-hmm. And like it is really easy. Like and I feel like we do this too in like sometimes in jokey ways and sometimes like in more serious ways. It's so easy to fall into the trap of like, okay, someone is now crossed over into bad territory. Like once yeah. we learn a thing or like or, you know, when you look at things like Ozzy Argento, like, essentially, like, you know, sending all this money to this young man who has accused her of assault, you know, like, trying to keep this quiet and stay on, like, the quote-unquote good side of things Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, being on the bad side of things. Like, what would this world look like if that NYU professor had been like, you know what? I did send all these like super fucking creepy text messages calling my advisee a cuddly baby. And I did like do all this stuff that is like, I now see is like, was an abuse of power and was super, super fucked up. I'm so sorry for all of that. I'm going to be like examining my role in systems of power. And like, here's what I'm going to be doing institutionally. Should I keep my job to ensure that like this culture changes? I'm like, what would that even look like? Can you even imagine that? No, I can't. I like fully cannot imagine, but I'm like, sounds like the keys to freedom to me (laughs) like that's the it's like you're right it's like it's not a continuum of like good to bad people even though you you know I feel some people are very bad and I'm like we've been knew you were bad so it's fine I mean it is true some people just show you they're bad repeatedly (laughs) some people just show you they're bad repeatedly and you're just waiting for the receipts to like match up but 
it's not lost on me why it's important for women to have power. It feels like a form of protection. These are also all of the tools that like then can like you can use the same tools to oppress other people. Of course. And so, you know, like we're not hypocrites here. Um, but it is like it is very hard to re to constantly be examining like your own role in the ecosystem, right? right? Especially if you feel like you are more marginalized, say, than like that, you know, like if you already feel like oppressed by somebody, it's really easy not to like look at the ways that you're complicit in the right. system of like a, in a different system of oppression right. because you understand that power. But I think that like for women and for women who call themselves feminist, especially it's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like we, this should not, it should not come as a surprise. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it is interesting, like, I mean, thinking about things like, um, like Louis C.K., like I, I watched this, like, you know, of course, spiraling out of control conversation on Twitter happen where there was a man, like also a comedian who was like, shouldn't there be any kind of redemption narrative for like men accused yes, of Michael abusing Ian power? Ugh. Right. That's who yes. it was. Thank you. And, and, and uh, you know what, like what's funny about that to me is like in some, on its face, that tweet kind of seems to support what we're talking about, which is that like no one is categorically good or bad when it comes to how they're using their power. Like very few people fit 100% cleanly mm -hmm. into either category. And so on its face, asking that question, like, Hey, shouldn't there be some kind of like way to continue to engage with the world if you have been accused of something terrible mm -hmm. and done terrible things, right? Yeah. yeah, like the answer is yes, there should. But also like, it's not even let the punishment fit the crime. It's like, let the reckoning fit the crime. Like you can't right. just, you know, as you say, non-consensually parachute in <laughs> to like an open mic night or, and- And, and be and, like, people are clapping for me again. <laughs> yeah, and be like, okay, guess I was away long enough. Like that doesn't cut it. Like, like what are you doing? Like, I actually like don't think that even like the Louis C.K.'s of the world should just like hide under a rock and, and be banished forever. Like, I think that like, I'm like, in order, if you want to be part of like, like polite and not so polite public society again, you have to, on a similar level to the harm you caused, reckon with that publicly. You have to like figure out how you are structurally be a positive force for change so that doesn't happen again. And you can't just be out here to save your own career. And I'm like, the standard has to be as high as the bar was low for you before. I know, but, you know, this actually, like, one of the biggest frustrations I always have about whenever, like, comedian bros or bros adjacent to industries that have been, you know, like, shaking recently are always, like... <laughs> Who are, like, like, earthquakes holding yeah, on to the building. You know, and they're yeah. always, like, yeah, like, when does redemption come or whatever? And it's, like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this. All of that is work. Yes, you can't, that's what I'm saying. They never want to do the work. Is the answer, like, can abusers, like, rejoin society one day? I guess we're going to find out if they do the work. But if they don't do the work of it, we never going to find out. I, I know where so, my money is on that bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I know that. And it's, you know, and also this like feeling of, I hate it that the conversation always goes to like a level of empathy and sympathy. You mean him for an empathy? Thank you. There's actually a word for this. Thanks, K-Man. Um, <laughs> you know, like a level of empathy for abusers and nobody ever talks about the abused. I was like, nobody's like going through and saying like hey those five women whose careers we see care ruined are they ever going to be able to do a comedy night again and show their face in public like actual lives were ruined you know what i mean yeah. in like a real way like careers were derailed lives were ruined people are made to feel shitty and still they get like zero percent 
of the of the public empathy that is out there. You know, and it's like Louis C.K., like Matt Lauer, that one at CBS, Lurch. <laughs> like they're all like that one at insert name of major yes, network or film I'm studio like, here. These guys yeah. are all sitting at home swimming in their doubloons. You know, mm-hmm. like let's be real. I was like Scrooge McDuckie. Yeah, I yeah. was like early retirement with your helicopter. Like, yes. you know. And so when I think about people being like, oh, Louis C.K. can finally go back to work, I was like, Louis C.K. has been having a great time. He is like literally sitting on his millions at home and he has derailed careers as, as best, like the nicest way to say that. And you just can't like, you just can't come back into polite society without addressing the thing that you have done. It's like, it should be as uncomfortable for you as you made it uncomfortable for other people. But the thing that like we're also learning is that like it's always it turns out fine for these guys. So having like a little bit of discomfort probably like should work for them. Yeah, it's true. And and I also just like um, that is why that I don't know, like going going back to that, like the ways in which acknowledging that like no one is perfectly good or bad gets used as like a cover and permission mm-hmm. for exactly what you said for like, you know, these men to be able to continue their careers, like, you know, after a brief doubloon swimming hiatus. Um, <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. And then, and and then, right. Like, I mean, if I were in charge here and was like, okay, I hold the keys to polite society in order to pass back through and like get, get back in the public eye, you need to be able to not just like tell me you're sorry for the lives and careers that you ruined. You have to be able to say, and here is what I have actively done to remedy it. And not like mm-hmm. done in terms of like sat and talked to my therapist about it, but like done in the sense of like, okay, like receipts in the same way that like there were receipts for your shitty behavior. Yeah. I would like some receipts for your like, you know, reparative behavior. Right. Because like if we're honest, none of these guys who have been accused of anything have even done the like, you know, the the like shady PR advice of like give money to a homeless shelter or give money to a, you know, like a domestic violence organization or whatever. They have not even done that. I know they have done. I was like, truly there has been no attempt to even like performatively, like pretend that you're sorry or like share in the wealth. And I'm sure that like privately they were like racked with a lot of different stuff, but I'm like, some that, of them maybe, yeah, some of them maybe, but I'm like, that's just for your family. If you've like disappointed your family, like that's your problem. Right. But if you have like, caused harm in the real world that we all live in you also have to deal with that you know and it's like a lot of people people it's like i i'm I think so much about the the nyu student the grad student because in every way that like because that binary is so stark to me it's like in every way that people are like talking about like his professor's reputation and how she's being harmed or whatever i was like this person will probably have a hard time ever being in academia at all, like his career is being derailed in front of I his, mean, his own face eyes. And name or like New York yeah. Times headlines. It's just you know, and it's or it's like thinking about the the young man who is so, like, is so like, the ways that like people have pathologized like his own sexuality. The young man that like Azia Argento paid off, mm-hmm. you know, and reading the text message exchanges between them and like his statement, and just being like, wow, like if you can if you like remove gender from all of this and you just read these like statements of people whose like real lives have been like hurt, you know, and and there's no recourse for them except for like suing people because that's the best that we have. And then we shit on them for using the recourses, Mm -hmm. the the, like very few avenues that they have to to be restored. Or like title nine, like the the avenue for this type of complaint in a university environment is title nine. Like we don't have anything better than that. Exactly. We don't have anything better than saying like, 
hi, you've hurt me and I'm going to sue you for a million dollars. And like for women not to understand that because that happens to us like so frequently and to see it perpetrated against like these young men is really like, it makes me very sad. Yeah. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm over abuse of power. Mm. Yeah. It's not about gender people. It's about power. Welcome. Yep. Also, read a fucking book about women's studies. You don't even have to read a fucking book. Like, actually just read one sentence in a Jenny Holzer art piece. <laughs> like, you don't even have to read a whole book in this case. It's just like, you know what? Like, go, like, go to your, like, like you know, art Instagram account of choice and, like, read, read, like, you We've know, We've been talking about lines. this. We've been talking about this forever. And by we, I mean, like, society. Yeah. So, yeah. But also, like, stop making us complicit in all your bullshit. So. Well, I mean, you know, you know, there's that like no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. It's like mm. no one can make you complicit without like, your consent. It's like, true. You know, it's so true. And it's just but, you know, it's like the work never ends. Right. Mm. It's like everybody is just like, oh, me too is happening. People are getting out the paint. And it's like nothing is actually happening. Finally, we are having like we're saying like the quiet thing out loud. Yeah. But like things are not shifting in a way that feel like. It will be lasting yes unless we do this over and over and over and over and over again yeah girl's tired oh my god can i can i hit you with one last news item that fits in this overall thread uh tell me which something other I, ones of these divas are we on talk something about i never get tired of which is calling out the pope for the fucking scammer that he is and you know how much we hate this we hate the fucking pope. and pope. let it be said that years ago we will find we'll find the episode in the archive Years ago, when he was saying some, like, let's be real, some nice things about, like, you know, um, queer people. And he was like, I'm just going to, like, take my foot off the gas a little bit on the whole forced pregnancy thing. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, he got all this praise. It's the nice Pope. We love this Pope. He cool Pope. It's because he's Cool tweets. Pope. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, you might remember that we had a conversation where we were like, yeah, but, like, actually survivors of sexual abuse by priests and other members of the clergy have a pretty clear plan of what they want to see the Pope implement. Since, like, this widespread, like, issue within the Catholic Church has come to light, that, like, groups and of survivors... keeps coming to light. Oh, <laughs> shit has been coming to light, <sighs> right? They have a list of, like, hello, Pope, person in charge of this, person deemed infallible by, like, our church Jesus doctrine. Jesus CEO. Step yeah, up. exactly. Like we we have this list of things that we want you to do that are about policy, that are about addressing this abuse of power within the church. And um, hey, why don't you just have a look at it? And guess what? Nice Pope did zero things zero on that things, list. But he's out here tweeting about climate change. Oh, my God. I can't even I it. it burns me up <laughs> um, and and yeah and so like now more and more headlines about again widespread abuse and widespread cover-ups of it including some charges that implicate nice pope himself in some of these cover-ups and i'm just like that's right like we have been out here it's like it's not what you say i mean look i think it's nice if you want to say that like um gay people are not going to hell like that's a nice thing to say it's nice to make people of like all identities I know, feel but we're welcome like, in your abolish church. Abolish hell, okay? Like Listen, that's what I'm trying wow, to get you to tall do. Tall order, here. <laughs> tall order. Abolish hell as an agenda item is in purgatory. <laughs> abolish as it hell, were, as it were. 
Um, but yeah, but you know, and so now he's like, look, this guy's just trying to get, this guy, this cardinal is out to get me. Like, that's the only reason that I'm being implicated right now. And I am like, you know, I am like gif of a giraffe eating popcorn, watching this <laughs> unfold. I love it so much. I'm like, yes, tear each other apart from the inside because you're all covering this up. Talk about like the starkest abuse of power. Like, God man that god says is like in charge of everybody else and you're all supposed to suck up to him like of course this is a recipe for disaster (laughs) i don't know how we teach the children to be skeptical of people in positions of power because if you think about it the way that like we're all raised is to like revere people right defer to power yeah it's like you always defer to power and i'm like Mm-mm. power is a scam celebrity is a scam fame is a scam religion's a scam you need to like keep like some critical like glass bottle goggle situation on your face because these people are this is not working out well you know what is not working out <laughs> well you know it's like it's like right because like the cognitive dissonance for children of like always question power and also you have to listen to some people who who are adults is a hard like circle to square and guess what? That's also hard as an adult. Yeah, like, it never it's, goes it, away. It's like, yeah, it is perpetually hard to be like, I have to live in this society and like I defer to and want to acquire for myself power. And at the same time, I can recognize that it is like that is where like abuse comes into play because you are you can go unchecked. Yeah. Yeah. How can one man have all that power? <laughs> well, um, for, for about about one canceled fave from another canceled I fave. Know. <laughs> I'm like, peace out. Well, anyway, uh, hope everybody's having a good weekend. <laughs> Great. Hope you question some power and also like reclaim some of your own power and also examine your power yes put it in context i was joking earlier that the line should be lack of context comes as no surprise (laughs) but it's true like sometimes you need context to understand what even power is and how it's functioning so yeah and don't bully people don't bully people and survivors of all genders we love you i know we love you thank you for telling your stories oh See you in front of the Jenny Holzer art piece. (laughs) (laughs) See you at the museum. (laughs) See you at the museum. Bye, boo-boo. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. You can download the show anywhere you listen to your faves or on Apple Podcasts, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our logos are by Kanisha Sneed. Our associate producer is Destry Maria Sibley. This podcast is produced by Gina Delvac.